Good afternoon, good morning, good evening. Welcome to the show. This is Season 3, Episode 1, Something New. Let's go ahead and listen to the show. Mike Shane, your host, and I am here to introduce Jeremy, who has graciously uh, got permission from his wife to be a uh, host, co-host of this show. So I'm going to hand it off to him and let him tell you about himself. Jeremy, take it away. Good morning, Mike, and good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Jeremy. I'm from Southwest Colorado, a little town of about 600 to 800 people. I'm a father of four. I'm a grandfather of one. Uh, everything I do involves the outdoors. I'm a highway supervisor for Colorado Department of Transportation, and my life is pretty boring at the time, thank heaven. Yeah, boring is a state of mind. So, boring is good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it can be. So, so we're going to change the format a little. Um, you know, I, when I started this show, it was a kind of a cathartic release for myself to kind of be take parenting views from the point of a father. There's plenty of stuff out there from the mother's side of things of being a, a parent. So I decided to add my two cents worth. And once again, Jeremy, being a father and a grandfather, has got some stuff and there's some... Uh, stuff that he's passionate about that we'll bring up later in the show and uh we'll uh go from there so jeremy start it off what do you want to talk about you know mike let's you know let's start with uh just a quick note on father's mental health perfect mind no go for it um as man and his fathers were from a young age to be the strong one in the relationship, not to show feeling. Um, we need an outlet, and that's what we're here for. We need to support each other as fathers and as men. Just if you need to talk to somebody to vent, you have your spouse, some don't, reach out to another man, reach out to a friend, and later, I guess, in the show, Mike, we'll, we'll let them know how to get a hold of us or, oh, yeah. or somebody else that, can, that they can talk to just to vent. Oh, but absolutely. father's mental health, men's mental health is incredibly important right now because nobody's seeing it and the men are keeping it, you know, stacked up inside and it manifests itself in other ways, which can be detrimental to your health and, and detrimental to your family. Oh yeah. Um, and definitely I, I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. And it's, it's unfortunate, but that is like you stated, that's how we were raised. You know, men were raised to be the strong, silent type, stoic, not really showing a lot of, you know, emotion. I think I, you know, personally, I think I have in recollection, I think I've cried three times. One as a kid, when my dog was, the dog was put down after my dad passed and when I got married, both of us were in tears, but my dad was there in ashes, but that was just the way he was, which I have a funny story about. So, uh, but oh, you know, we, I wanted my, uh, I'm sorry. I said that ought to be good. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's glorious. Um, <laughs> so let's go back to that. So years ago, you know, my dad passed away in 2005 uh, and I got married in, uh, in honor to him, I tried to get Mar, my wedding day as close to his birthday as I could, was off by a couple of days. However, when he died, his instructions to my mother were to, he didn't want a casket, he wanted to be cremated, and he didn't want a huge urn or anything like that. I'm like, fine, whatever. So some of my dad, his background was he's, you know, was Jewish, not by, pra you know, not by practice, but, you know, by background well he told my mom said you know i don't want this I want to be put in a shoebox am i like, all right so i had an old shoebox from a pair of boots that i bought it said here doesn't bother me any and then his request was to be use the discover card to pay for his cremation and i first thing was like he got paid back in death god damn <laughs> so 
Yeah, uh, it's a, it was a it was a running joke. Uh, so we, you know, being that it was in per his request, he was in the shoebox. We had him in in there. We brought him to the wedding. So my dad was there. It was awesome. And you know, we that's how we wanted it. My uh, even my wife's grandfather was there. Uh, I think I believe cremated as well. He was there. So they were both with us, with us, which was our request. And a lot of people came in. It's like, is it a wake or is it a funeral? I looked at him like, if you don't like it, there's the door. I this is our wedding, not yours. So so let me ask, since they were both there, um, was it an indoor wedding or an outdoor wedding? God, it was indoor. So it was definitely an indoor wedding, um, and it was, you know, what our wishes were. And like I said, a lot of people kind of looked at it the wrong way and like, you know what, that's their opinion. That's what, what we wanted. You know what? Yeah. And I haven't spoken to my parents in, in eight years. Uh, so to have your dad at your wedding, uh, when I got married 24 years ago, my parents couldn't be bothered to come from Utah to, to California for my wedding. Oh, that sucks. And so that that kind of started me on my self-discovery with the help of my, my wife as to just how not good these people were. So, you know, and that's another thing is connecting with your fathers and having a relationship with them. Oh, I don't yeah. have opportunity by my own choice. And I'm a better person for it. Oh, yes. Yeah. I just talking to you the well, last couple of days, that's, you know, obviously I see that too. And that's what, you know, everybody should be. And even in today's society, um, I look at a lot of homes and, you know, and they're missing one vital person. They're usually a, you know, single mother home, which, you know, moms do an awesome job, you know, being a single mother, they're stressed out just as well, but not having that a father figure, not necessarily their father but not having a father figure in their life can do a a world of damage more than it can help so and it's just having that guidance oh yeah absolutely and and that's why i have i'm also the president of a board president of a volunteer search and rescue and we have a couple of younger guys on there that don't have father figures and myself and one of my captains we we try and spend a little extra time with these young men to not be their father, but show them or give them, I guess, the right direction that a father could. And I think that only comes from somebody that has been a father. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I saw the talking. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, you know, you, your father wasn't there, you know, for your wedding. That's an important step for any for any man that you know getting married. You're having your father there, whether it be in my case a box full of you know his ashes or somebody that's you know in there in person. Yeah, I, I know. I commend you on taking that you know that step and helping somebody. And that's you know that's one thing that I haven't been in a position to be able to do that until uh, you know recently where. You know, a gentleman is going to be a new father, one of our coworkers, and he was asking me, so it's like, I'm going to take a week off from maternity leave. And I said, awesome, you want to take that off, but I would not take that time off until the it's closer to the due date because I thought I told him that that kid's got his own schedule or her own schedule. <laughs> so, you know, take a couple of days off before the due date. Awesome. Then take your maternity leave. But I, I emphasize with them. It's like, you know, there's a lot of guys out there that don't want to step up. If you do one thing correctly, stay in that kid's life. And that's kind of what I told them. You know, it's going to be stressful no, enough as it is. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you and I talking last night, um, I don't have the fond memory of throwing a baseball with my dad. I mean, he, he did work a lot, um, but he also drank a lot. So, you know, thinking back last night, I don't have a lot of fond memories. I can probably count fond memories with my father on one hand, all of them. Yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah, I'm definitely the same way, and I don't remember a lot. I remember him coming to uh, 
when I was trying out for the football team, I remember him and a friend sitting in the stands, but that's pretty much the only thing I remember him ever coming out to support me in that thing. But he was a football fan. You know, people are going to laugh, but I played badminton. That was fun. You know, hitting the thing back and forth and then playing up against somebody who shot one at me going about 80. Uh, yeah, left a fond memory in my arm. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, but yeah, you know, and, and that's what I tried to do. I, like you and I talked about last night is like, I tried to sit or tried throwing the Frisbee, throwing the football back and forth with my kid. And it wasn't for lack of trying. It was, he wasn't interested, which is fine. Yeah. At least I tried. I mean, he had the option. I'm like, I'm not going to force you to do something, but you have to do something that's active. And you know, that was there. And I'm, I, I've been there. Like, I think you mentioned yesterday is like, you know, I'm there. The kids kind of find dad and, you know, that's kind of how, how I want it to be. It's like, mom's not always going to be there. She works, you know, I'm available. And that, that's what I think is lacking with some fathers is they're there, but in today's thing, they're tied to their phone or they're just, they're there, but not available. Yeah. I, you know, I, I tried my, my kids, spent a lot of time outdoors with me when they were younger and of course as they get older you know and then cell phones started becoming more prevalent and cheaper and, and easier to get a hold of um we started spending less time outdoors my daughter who's 21 expressed an interest last week or two weeks ago of wanting to start to go fishing with dad again oh awesome i i could not tell you the sheer joy and honestly, at the same time, the sheer amount of fear, that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. My, my, my fishing career ended really quickly with my father when I went fishing with him once and I decided to catch him on the hook. Yeah. Yeah, that was not fun. I actually cast, cast a fishing pole and caught his ear. He wasn't happy. And I stopped fishing after that. Um. <laughs> yeah, that would burn a guy. Just, just, just a little. <laughs> Just a little, <laughs> just just a wee bit. Uh, but then again, my sons want to do fishing too, and I can take them fishing. I just can't, you know, do anything that involves baiting the hook or removing the fish. Like it's all you. Have fun. <laughs> Wonderful California. You have to, you know, have a license to go fishing. Sorry. Yeah, it's the same way here, and it's quite hefty fine, you know. But you know, I'm willing. I'm willing to spend that money. If oh yeah. You know, if it encourages her to get out with me and then in the future with her kids, if she ever decides to have any, um, she swears that she doesn't want kids because she spent time with my granddaughter, her niece, and she says, spending time around an infant is the world's best birth control. <laughs> That's what my wife tried. It didn't work. Yeah. So I have three kids. Ace biology really well. Oh, yeah, it sounds like it. You and me both. That's that's one of the things. Yeah. Human anatomy and biology. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so, well, like I said, that, you know, and I'm, I appreciate you bringing uh, that option out, um, you know, having a father there, you know, the father's need or, you know, and one of the distinctions you and I talked about yesterday is there is a definite difference between a father and a dad. And people oh, yeah. kind of people look at you know look at somebody who like you and I and may, you know what you you explained it more eloquently yesterday so feel free. So my favorite coffee cup it says anyone can be a father, but it takes someone special to be a dad. Yes. Is that what you're referring to, Mike? Yes, sir. That you got it right. Uh, and you know my distinction is like the coffee cup spells it out, but a father, as it says, anybody can be a father and run, but you know, a dad sticks around and is a dad. You know, when they say dad or daddy, it makes me so much feels so much better inside. You know, my daughter jokes around with me and she goes father. And I'm like, okay. But when it comes down to it, she knows I'm a dad and she wants oh, to yeah. call me father. Fine by me. I call her daughter all the time. So daughter, and she kind of comes, she comes answering. So, you know, Hey, it works. So that's the distinction. So, you know, you mentioned, uh, getting out, uh, out 
outdoors with your kids. So uh, explain a little bit about what you uh, do. I know you, we touched on it yesterday. So, so not 90% of my life is spent outdoors. I'm a highway supervisor. So I'm out on the highway for department of transportation. I'm the team leader of, and the president of a volunteer search and rescue. I've grown up hunting, I've grown up fishing, um, and the one place that I can really decompress, and I like to decompress with my kids, is outdoors. The river, the lake, it's, you know, even a park where you have a quiet space to sit in. And just, you can actually, with no phones, where I like to take my kids, there's no cell service. So, cell service you can focus on the, the person you're with and what i like to say is when you're outdoors with your kids you're listening to understand not listening to respond like when you had your phone in your mm-hmm. oh yeah so and that you know you with you you live out in kind of a a, a country uh environment i'm more located where the city is you know i jokingly tell my wife is like she grew up on a farm tossing hay bales around i'm like hey you got my win uh so and and it's joking and you know she didn't really toss hay bales she worked a farm and you know i remember this is a couple days ago before they went up to their grandmothers is i do most of the cooking in the house and and that's not to say that my wife doesn't do cooking but my mother the one thing i can take from my mother is that she taught me how to cook you know my dad did barbecues and stuff but mom taught me how to cook and we talked to my you know talking to my son he's the one who wants to bake he wants to cook and i will support it till the end of time if he wants to become a baker awesome it's something he's passionate about great go for it but yeah you know, I do the cooking and my wife mentioned that, you know, she was always working under the farm. She'd start up early and get back late and all they had were TV dinners. So she never really took down the, she never got the cooking from her mother. So she never really learned how to cook. Her, her how she grew up. Yeah. So, and, and go ahead. I, I grew up, you know, similar situation to your wife on a farm, but. I had a mother and two grandmothers that I learned to cook from, and I love to cook. My kids love to cook. Do you remember a class in school called Home Economics? Took it and passed it. <laughs> two years I was required, and I, I took it and passed it. So, you know, teaching teaching kids to cook is another thing. That's that's why my kids like to cook is because we make homemade crackers. You know, we I make homemade cheese homemade ice cream and I involve them in that and yes the kitchen is going to look like a war zone when you're done (laughs) that's how it should be but that's fun and if you don't have the opportunity to get outdoors you know as much as I do find the time to dedicate somewhere else yeah you know I love teaching kids cook. I know guys that are mine and your age Mike they can't boil water without reading instructions and that is sad. Oh yeah, RTFM is prevalent in our uh, family, and I still get looks from my kids like, "What's RTFM mean?" Read the manual. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you can choose what explicative you want to put in that place all you want, but read the manual. Um, some of the things that I, you know, I try and do is it's not necessarily outdoor activities, but it's it's the emphasis on active. Um, you know, I've got twin boys, both nine. My daughter's 14, who's reclusive in her room. And I'm trying to, you know, I drag her out of her room kicking and screaming and, you know, whatever, but it works. But, you know, one son, uh, is he, uh, you know, the pandemic, he just started getting into rock climbing before the pandemic hit. So he lost a year of rock climbing. Well, he recently just got back into it. And, you know, there's a definite dynamic is my sister took him out to it because the whole parent child dynamic, I don't want to ever listen to my kid, my parent. I'm like, well, guess what? Uh, so my sister and I have an understanding is like with his coach, push him. 
Go ahead and push him. Get him to, you know, get him past his comfort zone. And that way, I think he's he's more of a, I hate the word coddled, but he's more, uh, he's been more coddled than my other two kids. And by no fault of mine, I've just, it's an ongoing argument with my wife, but I don't want to go there. Um, <laughs> it's one I'll lose. Uh, it's one I'll lose. But so he likes rock climbing. That gets him his active. My other son and I do martial arts together. So it's, it's kind of a group thing. I don't, uh, as we talked about yesterday, I don't train him because, again, you've got that parent-child dynamic where they're looking for how I would, for kind of like, I guess, favoritism is the best word that comes to mind. Yeah. I don't, I'm not going to show him favoritism. You're going to learn from somebody else. You know, if you want to, if you want help practicing, practicing at home, fine, I will help you at home. But when you're in that class, you're going to go be taught by someone, uh, by somebody else. And, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, recently, you know, pandemic started us walking, you know, as a family, you know, again, dragging the kids out, kicking, kicking and screaming, but nonetheless, they're getting out of the door. Um, and, you know, I have an Apple watch. My wife has a, uh, a Samsung watch and, my youngest son, who was fascinated with, you know, wondering what our heartbeat was, wondering how many steps we took, and this side of the other, and it leads into something else. And so I'm like, okay, let me do some research, and we'll get you a tracker. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to go buy him a $500 Apple Watch by any stretch. Uh, I'm not yeah. stupid. <laughs> but, you know, I did find one that was, you know, they both got them. Both my sons got them the $30. They do what he wants. They track his heartbeat, track what he's doing. Go for it. And it, he gets it out there. So he's keeping up with what he wants to do. And I'm all for it. If, if it gives him motivation to get out of the house and us motivation to get out of the house, it's a win-win. Yeah. You know, I, don't, I don't have to, you know, get him out of the house. I don't have to drag him. They want to be active. And I think that if I can do that, I've won. I mean, that's how I look at it. It's not, it's not a competition, but I win. Um. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. And as dads, we have to win. So our, our self-esteem up. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, that leaves in the thing, and I can put some uh, links, but the ones I found was about, like I said, $30. They both, they work. Now we just got to figure out they're both the same. So we get both the same colors. So kind of going, how do we identify who's who's? Wife job. Um, let her do that. Yeah. Uh, but that's some of the stuff that I do. Um, and it gets them um, off. Like we talked a few minutes ago, I'll take some of the blame for what I did, but it was my wife and I are both working. We're both out of the house. You know, the kids get home. First thing you go to is electronic. That's my fault is hindsight is always 2020 and it comes to bite me in the ass all the time. Um, you know, I got them electronics because, you know, I'm looking at it and my dad did the same thing as we had. He got us computers or a computer in the house when I was probably about my boy's age, give or take a couple of years. And that's, you know, I learned computers. Well, the technology, the computers haven't changed. The technology has. Now you have a computer in the size of a, a book. Um, so they watch videos and they actually do. You know, my youngest son wants to do coding you know, computer coding, programming, I'm like, and I try and help them. But, you know, my limited knowledge is if you want it, I'm there to try and help you and guide you. But I don't know all of it myself. I yeah. have to learn. But that that's just it. It's like getting them away from these electronics is another reason why I started this show was kids are bombarded with. You know, they don't watch the news like I used to, but they're bombarded by so much information so quickly that I don't even think anybody that's human can digest it quick enough. Well, and, you know, are your kids on social media? Uh, daughter is, but she's of the age where she can do that. But the boys, they're, they play Minecraft. Uh, they're playing Roblox. I mean, if, if that's a form of social media, I guess. Um, and, and that is... You know, even the ads on your social media and your, 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 what little TV they do watch, hey, spend less time with your family, spend more time on electronics. Yes. 
which is dangerous. I mean, my dad, I didn't see my first cell phone until I was probably 15 or 16, and it came in a bag and plugged into the cigarette lighter. Oh, and my God, dad had that. <laughs> I remember those. <laughs> yeah, I actually owned one. Scary as a thought, but. Um, but, you know, I definitely agree. And, I, you know, it's cell phones have definitely changed. Uh, I would like to get my daughter off social media. But, you know, during the pandemic, it was a godsend because that was her only link to her friends on the outside world. So, they're, you know, it's a, it's a double edged, you know, sword where it's their lifeline to their friends. And it's also a major time sink. Yeah. So. You know, it, it's kind of I, I, ironic is I left Facebook for about a year and a half before the pandemic hit. And then, you know, there's there's a a FOMO, a fear of missing out. I'm like, I, you know, and I've, I'm tempted to turn off Facebook. I am glad I didn't because I met you in a group and that has, you know, and then, you know, that'll that is going to keep me on Facebook. And I want to try and be a better person to reach out like you do. But I, I've got to kind of test the waters in my own own way to reach out to somebody. You know, it, it's yeah. it, it's definitely a major emotional and mental thing to, you know, put yourself out there. And again, I, I praise you for doing that. And it's something I've got to try and strive to do. Well, and I, you know, I thought about taking a break from Facebook. And then I met you in, in the dad's group the other night. And I put it out there when I became a member of this group, you know, back to the mental health thing that if you need to talk, talk. Yes. And I got a messenger call from a gentleman that was, he was in a very dark place and he was on the verge of doing something that he could not take back. And I spent time on the phone with him and I'm glad that I did not walk away from social media for that time period. That one phone call made my decision to not walk away worth it yeah because there could be a young lady right now burying her father because he didn't have any place to turn yeah and no, i think I... Uh, you know i'm not a religious guy i go to church twice a year christmas and easter and then three times if there's a funeral uh but it i i think that there was a higher power that pushed me into this this dad group and put that post out there so i'm glad i didn't walk away from social media there's a lot of days i want i read something on the internet and i want to throw my phone as far as i can <laughs> yeah I, I definitely feel that one uh, and we're stuck to i'm stuck to mine like you at work where you know i'm i'm not on call this week but you know come i think august something i'll be on call for a week and i may not get a call but uh you know it's uh, being attached like you are is good and bad. You need it for business purposes and to go, you know, do your job. And me, it's the same thing. It's like, I, you know, I've made a bad habit of, you know, even if it's something that I, I, at least I see it is, you know, my wife and I are, you know, in bed or something like that. And we're both uh, uh, tied to our phones or respective electronics. And I'm thinking to myself, what the hell am I doing? Got my wife sitting in the bed next to me and I'm on my phone. I mean, you know, and it's the same thing goes for her. And I'm not saying, you know, like you and I discussed yesterday, I'm not saying we have to, you know, be doing something, you know, beneath the sheets. It's like, okay, we're there. Let's have an adult conversation, you know, instead of, you know, talking to, you know, nine-year-old or 14-year-old, which is talking 14-year-old is fun. Um, <laughs> well, that's like a foreign language. Yes, and I suck at it. <laughs> you and me both. So, uh and you know, I was actually was uh, I was talking to a coworker the other day, and he met he's met my daughter when she was four, walking around with me in our in our home office. And I looked at him; he's got kids too. And I'm like, I told her she's turned fourteen. And it's like, and it it goes quick. And I'd re I, both my wife and I are going, no, she can't be in high school next year. I'm like, sorry, dear, she's going to be in high school next year. Um, <laughs> so it's just yeah. a matter of you know the time we need to you know cherish it and i you know i jokingly tell us like yeah we'll kick you out at 18 no we won't um so yeah there, there's something that leads to and uh, you know i'd like to get your take on it um so 
high school, we had home ec, wood shop, metal shop. I got lucky. I had, you know, all of them. I had auto shop, metal shop, wood shop. I had a uh, group called uh, VICA, which was Vocational Industrial Clubs of America. They don't exist in high schools anymore, at least not that I'm aware of. Um, but my thing to my kids is you turn 18, you have four options. One, go in the service. Two, go to work full time, go to school or go to the trades because the trades will help you and it'll pay your way to do the other things. See, I was a stupid one. I decided to go work and school, but you know, I'm a glutton for punishment. Uh, so what, what would your take on it? What kind of discussions you have with your kids? You know, um, my son unfortunately dropped out of high school. He's 22 now, but he, he had some behavioral issues and he moved across the country with some friends and he's actually a bodyguard for high value targets now. Oh, okay. Um, he's working on getting his GED and, and let's, let's start over here. I rodeoed through high school and I dropped out just before graduation. Oh, wow. Because rodeo was making me good money. I got my GED when I was 34 years old. Um, my kids, I've had talks with them. My 21 year old daughter just kind of floating right now, which is fine because we just, we rescued her for an abusive relationship in February. Um, my youngest is actually, my 14 year old, she's actually expressed interest in the military, but she is a rock star volleyball player for the school. So, you know, she's got a couple of options. Right. I came out of high school. I went into the trades. I come from a military family. All my brothers went military. I rodeoed because I thought it was a safer thing to do. My knees object to that to this day. Um, I went into the trades. I was a ranch hand. Um, I worked retail, which I will never do that again. Don't blame you. And uh, yeah, I, I became, I got my CDL, my commercial driver's license, and got into a truck at 20 years old and have been in a truck ever since. But the last 10 years, I've really set myself, probably 10 years too late, but I've really set myself on a path to where in the next 10 years, I've been with Department of Transportation 10 years now, and in the next 10 years, I looked right, when I hired on, I looked at what we call the superintendent, who's the boss of a large area, you know, one third of the state. And he asked me what my aspirations were. And I told him in 20 years, I'm going to have your job. <laughs> okay. And he kind of laughed and he, he said, I can see that. So, you know, unfortunately with school nowadays, they're not teaching the home ec. The bigger schools are not teaching the auto shop, the ag shop, the, the, work with your hands you and i went to school about the same time period i had welding shop i had wood shop i was in ag i had drafting classes so i came out of school with a fairly thick book on what to you know of stuff i can do right and and i think we need to to get back to that you know people go to college and and or, or, well, let me, let, me, let me go back here. I've heard conversations of mothers or fathers saying, oh, you know, don't, you, you need to go to college. Because if you don't, you'll wind up like that guy right there working for the city. Except the guy from the city doesn't have college debt. Mm -mm. He's making something dollars an hour, depending on where he's at. He's home every night. And he's not up to his eyeballs in student loan debt that he'll be paying until he's dead. Yeah. I'm not saying college is bad. Right. But if you, if you go to school, pick a profession, don't come out as a communications major. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. It's kind of a funny story. We had a, we've got a couple of guys that uh, they're in their, one of them is early thirties and uh, I was training them him and his partner, we, uh, 
we uh, hang these 100-pound cabinets off of telephone poles. And what they are for the kind of job I do to give you an idea is, and the audience, is I spice colorful fibers all day long. So I get to look at anything, the color of the rainbow, and splice things together. It's kind of an interesting process. But part of the network is we hang these 100-pound cabinets on poles. So me and my partner were the original people that did it. And we got this thing down to a science. We were, we were both, you know, he was in the Air Force. I never served the military, tried to, uh, got disqualified. I still have the paperwork to prove it. Um, but uh, we hung these things. Well, I, we got sent out to, uh, to train some new guys. So we weren't the only ones to uh, be able to hang these cabinets. So basically what we did is, you know, I'm training the people. I'm on the ground screaming up to somebody in a, in a, excuse me, in a, uh, a bucket. And this kid, why he's working and splicing being an astrophysicist, I have no clue. <laughs> it's kind of like, what are you doing here? Anyway, I digress. So I'm up there and he's got all the tools up there. And I say, what you need to do is look for the crescent wrench. He kind of gave me this quizzical look. I'm like, what's a crescent wrench? And I'm like, I, I'm, I'm banging my head against a stone wall that was nearby. I'm like, you don't know what a crescent wrench is? <laughs> How do you not know what a crescent wrench is? Oh, God. Yeah. So we're hiring these kind of people. And I'm just like, no, good God. I had to bite my tongue. It's like, get down. I'm going to do this. And, you know, and it, it just looking at what he was doing and... And more and more I've worked with him. I, I, he's very methodical. And I remember he was hammering one of the, what, I don't know if you've ever seen a telephone pole, but most, a lot of telephone poles out in the network throughout the United States have these metal things that look like spikes that go into the side of the pole. They're for steps. Yeah. Well, we use the step to, as a fulcrum, so we hang the, 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 uh, the spindle thingy, the uh, pulley, spindle thing i'm good it's sunday um so we hang the the pulley off of that and there's a rope so we're pulling this up well in order to get the step in if there's no steps available you have to hammer it into the pole after drilling a small hole well he's sitting there and he's like looking like you're choking up the bat on a baseball bat but he's sitting there you know kind of at you know the head's at his shoulder and he's going like this and with the hammer going Okay, dude, you need to back up and put some shoulder into it in your arm. And he kind of, he's just like, but I'm at the same level. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> it, it doesn't. And then, you know, and, and the other thing is, you know, I remember we were, uh, we had to, I got another, we actually do the cabling for this. And we put this thing called the uh, riser guard, which protects our cables on the pole from gaffing or whatever, so they don't get, and he's very methodical, same guy. He's very methodical, which I completely respect. Like mythology like that is, or methodology like that is, you know, on point. But he wanted to go up, measure the length he wanted to cut, which was fine. Come back down, measure out, cut it, and then, then mount, the, mount the thing. I'm looking, I'm like, stop. Mount the stupid thing on the pole and cut it to length. And he kind of looked yeah. at me, but that's not doesn't make sense i'm like yeah it does it makes sense and it saves time it doesn't have to look pretty it just has to be <laughs> and you know that's, that's the function. kind of yeah and that's the kind of people we're hiring and you get back to the they're they've gone to school you know astrophysicist or you know electrical engineer and i'm looking at this going but you can't talk to a human you know that kind of thing and that you know kind of jokingly gets back to i hate engineers um <laughs> Yeah, that's a bad word in our, in our group. Yeah. So, so it, you know, it's funny that you should mention that because in 10 years of working for the highway department, I have run across a lot of people broke down on the side of the road. The amount of grown men, and when I say grown men, I, I mean over the age of 21, under the age of 40 cannot change their own tire on their car. <laughs> wow. That is incredibly disturbing to me. Uh, yeah. That, that's the society we're bringing these, you know, bringing these guys that they're in. They're, as, yeah. uh, as my coworker refers to them, was soy boys. 
Okay, that's a little gentler term than I would use, but yes, that worked. Audience, we got it. You, you got to kind of keep in tune with the audience, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I'm not up to date on the modern lingo, so uh, that's fine. I you, like, yeah, it fits. Um, you know, oh, they yeah. neither they neither cry closet in a coloring book. Oh, that's probably gonna offend somebody. Oh well. Um, <laughs> you know what? If we offend at least one person today, we've succeeded. We're, yeah, we're doing our job. Uh, but that that's just it. And you know, the thing is, these guys. I I mean, I'm you and I. We work outside. Heat, cold. Well, we have to go do it. That's that's. Yeah. We can't just can't just escape to an office because it's too hard to work outside. Yeah. I, yeah. Good luck with that. I, I'm not a big fan of that whole thing and I'm not going to even attempt it, but that's what they want to do. That's what they want to do. Like these same guys, they're going to, they're going to get into the office. I'm like, okay, have fun. We'll get the stuff done without you. So, yeah, and, uh, you know, my job involves me plowing snow on rural you know, state highways and it's snowing to beat the band. It's zero degrees outside. And I've met people that can't walk the 20 feet from their car to a Starbucks because Aww. it's too cold. Oh, poor baby. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know it's, it's, it's crazy, but um, I think as fathers, if you have the opportunity to teach your, your kids, I mean, I've been teaching my daughter since a young age how to check the oil in their cars. Awesome. You know, I do not expect my daughter to change a tire on the side of the road. I expect a man to come past and, you know, be her knight in shining armor. Unfortunately, the generation we have now, they're going to pull up and know less than my daughter. Oh, yeah. I'm, so I'm teaching my daughter. Huh? I'm teaching my daughter that exact same thing. It's like change I mean, oil, change a tire. And we need to teach our kids this stuff because you and I learned it from a very young age in school. We need to teach our kids how not to look like they're completely incapable, how not to be the victim. How's that? Oh yeah. That, that fits exactly what it is. Don't be helpless. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, that's the way I'm raising my kids is like, I, you know, the only this is going to kind of sound like a, a oxymoron statement, but the only man I want my daughter to depend on is me. I don't know what I do not want her to depend on another man to, you know, do something. If you don't have a man in your life, you know, in today's society, a man or a woman, then you know what, then you you're doing something wrong. You should be able to do a lot of the stuff on your own. And that's the way it is. Like, my daughter wants to learn about the car. I have not, unfortunately, had the time to really sit down with her, or in this case, you know, jump underneath the hood of my tr uh, my truck to kind of show her the stuff. But if she asks, I know enough to be dangerous, and I know enough to kind of teach her where, you know, things are on that. Uh, my boys really haven't shown a lot of interest in it. They're not, you know, the grease monkeys, but I refuse to let them be not be rough and tumbles. Like, you know what? You're gonna, you can't just lie down and be, as you said, be a victim. That's not acceptable, acceptable to me. No, absolutely and, not. I mean, I, girls, women, however you want to classify them are just as capable as boys, if not more so, because men have a tendency to, Get angry, throw a crescent wrench, if you know what a crescent wrench is. <laughs> awesome. And, you know, women have a tendency to stop and think Yes. the problem through, where we just start throwing tools and, you know, screaming expletives, and then we come back a few minutes later, find what's left of our tools, and go back to what we're doing. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, no. Uh, I yeah, My wife, when I was putting something together a few weeks ago, my wife's like, like he's joking with my daughter going, how many swear words is he going to use? I managed not to use yeah. any. Um, hey, didn't props to you. Yeah. Uh, didn't ding my, you know, ding myself up. So usually it's when I start dinging myself up. It's when I start like letting the explicative, uh, explicatives flow. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't want my kids, you know, I, I fully agree. You know, women, one of the things one of my coworkers talked about, you know, women, 
let's refer to girls tend to want to turn on the waterworks to get what they want. I have flat out told my daughter that's not going to fly with me. Mm -hmm. You know, it didn't work with your mother. It's not going to work with you. <laughs> it's like, I will, yeah. you, you can, you can cry. I didn't say you couldn't cry, but don't expect me to kind of, you know, have any, have, be sympathetic because you want your way. And the same thing for my boys. Don't start crying on me. It's not going to get you anywhere. And, and it may sound like it's harsh, but it's tough love. It is. So, and that's my why daughter, I, that's when my daughters or my wife starts to cry, it's not to try and get something. It's because I know that I piss them off to the point that I'm in trouble. Yes. Is when they cry, they're <laughs> that angry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, my wife handed me, I'm still working on installing the new swamp cooler. Um, my wife handed me the instructions this morning and said, here, read these. No, <laughs> you're the brains. I'm the brawn. I'm <laughs> yeah that's exactly it you're uh, uh, yeah i'm just the muscle here tell me where to screw this in or like okay good perfect yeah you know what if i get too pissed off at it or too frustrated with it i'll just sit in the heat okay yeah that's <laughs> i'll walk that's away i'll come back in five minutes yeah. uh and that's just it. it's like you know I, I don't want my kids to feel that they can't Stoic is the word that comes to mind. I don't want to teach my kids the way you and I were brought up to be the stoic father that is unemotional. You know, that, you know, I, you know, I want to be able to give my, you know, a kid, my kid, son or daughter's having a rough day. They, you know, somebody said something that pissed them off or whatever, or, you know, they got into a fight. Hopefully they won and didn't start it. Um, is, you know, I want to give him a hug at the end of the day. You know, I, one of my sons, he's not big on the affection part. I jokingly kind of force it, but because he, we, it's a game that he plays with me and his mother. It's like, you can't give me affection. Challenge accepted. Um, <laughs> <laughs> game on, bud. Yeah, so uh, he, he kind of jokes about that. I'm like, all right, fine, whatever. You know, I'm going to be, I'm going to beat you at that challenge. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, <clears throat> he's not, you know, he, he likes the affection of roughhousing. Perfect. Bring it on. There are some days I'm like, go away before I string you up. Um, joking, jokingly, of course. But it's like, you know what? I'm tired. You're tired. You know, you don't really, you know, your, your kid's a little bit older. Mine have, are the Energizer bunnies. Like, can you go away? No, I'm going to attack you. Okay. So I sit there and I play with them. And now that's the affection. Um, my daughter's joking and she kind of goes, I fits, I sit and sits on my lap. I'm like, you are way too big to I fits, I sit. So it's like a cat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I don't know, like I said, it sounds like you, uh, you and I have, you know, one of the, the best relationship we, we can have with our kids. And even in today's society, being as busy as we are, and that that's the only thing we can do. Yeah. I mean, Affection doesn't have to be hugs and kisses. Yes. You know, I was telling you last night, uh, I taught my daughters how to fight and how to defend themselves. Well, now my 21-year-old my daughter's, uh, you know, sign of affection towards me, other than the occasional hug, is she likes to play that, uh, what is it, punch buggy or slug bug? Oh, slug bug, yeah. And I have to tell her, okay, sis, you got to be gentle. Dad bruises like an old piece of fruit now, and... That, that's her affection is playing slug bug or, you know, she'll rat tail me with a kitchen towel or, I, and I know that's the affection that when she was five years old would have been the run up and hug your leg. Yeah. Stuff. Well, that's how my daughter said, like daughter's the same way. And, you know, I, I can't tell if it's a unnatural fear of me and that I don't want, I don't want my kids to fear me, but because I'm so rough with them and I'm so, I guess, stern with them on some things and you kind of have to be, you got to set the boundaries because you don't want them, you know, going over them. And the same thing. She'll snap me with the towel and I'm like, I'm like, I go, I'm like, you do not want to do that. And she kind of looks at me like, yeah, I do. Then you're going to pay the consequences. <laughs> yeah. And, and that usually ends up with you meeting the floor. Um, yep. So, yep. But you know that it, you're right. It doesn't have to be hugs and kisses. You know there are some kids. I think 
you know, it, it, I don't want to go down too much, you know, rat hole, but um, there are some children with Asperger syndrome, which I don't know if you've run across them in your line of work uh, on some of the stuff you do, but some of them don't like affection and they don't know how to display. And I think Asperger syndrome is the right, is the right syndrome. Like uh, maybe mistaken, but. Well, there's, they, there's Asperger's and there's autism that are, they don't like any physical contact, you know, and they don't know how to receive or show affection. And I actually have a couple of residents that I tend to frequently on the ambulance that are, that are, um, low to mid spectrum autistic that their sign of affection is a smile or okay. they'll pat the back. Yeah. And I, and I think the one son that doesn't like the affection, he may be slightly on the, on the spectrum on that. And I think my other one is too, but they're not to one side or the other. And uh, I've got a real close girlfriend of mine. Uh, we went to the Academy together and her son is full on autistic and it kind of, it caught me off, um, <clears throat> excuse me, caught me off guard once where he likes trucks and I, I haven't driven a, a, anything other than the truck in, you know, what, 30 years now. And he just, you know, sees me pull up in my truck and he, he just gloms onto my truck and I'm looking at my friend going, um, I'm not understanding what's going on. And she explained to me that he has, you know, autism and he likes trucks. I'm like, all right enough said and i you know i i have a tendency to treat my friends kids as you know nephews and nieces whether they you know want it or not that's just the way i am it drives my my mother nuts when i say you know my uh their uncle you know one of my my son's namesake is what is the man i was the best man at my wedding we've known each other since we were 18 i'm like dude i i can't think of any other way to honor that man because he's been there for me on a lot of things, and I've been there for him. That's how I honored him. So yeah. that that's you know, and yeah, I, he, I've got a picture of him floating around somewhere of him holding his namesake. <laughs> it's an awesome picture. So, uh, but that that's that's it. I mean, that's kind of how I uh, want to do that. So, well, what are we on time? I have no idea what we're even time frame on this. We're about 47 minutes in. Oh, I actually went past 47 minutes. Awesome. Um, <laughs> they have a 40-minute time limit on Zoom. Um, so so uh, I want to kind of swing back around to uh, what we mentioned at the beginning of the show as far as, you know, fathers and dads reaching out. So one of the things I did a little bit of research yesterday is – you know, you're passionate about you're making sure that uh, there's people that uh, fathers and dads can have to talk to before they go down the dark path that could inevitably end up with them taking their own lives. So um, I did find the I was actually looking up part of the uh, the UK because of your uh, the gentleman you uh, met in, uh, on that uh, messenger call. Couldn't find a UK suicide hotline, but I did. Uh, there was a couple when I looked it up. There was a couple out there, but I did find uh, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Um, and if any fathers and dads that want to reach out there, and you know, if they don't feel comfortable talking to, you know, a strange voice, I mean, they're going to be talking to a strange voice at that that line. But they're they're trained to deal with these situations, not saying you're not, but you know, that's that they're, they deal with this on a regular basis, but mental yeah. health is definitely an issue in this world we live in. I've seen it from, you know, haven't had direct, you know, relationship with somebody committing suicide, but um, the only thing that comes to mind was a kid who was from an affluent family this is back in high school years ago we're talking probably 35 years ago that's junior high school now where they the gen, the kid went to their parents his parents house in i think it was reno or tahoe one of the two and he was 13 14 years old and he committed suicide one of the things i kind of my my own personal thing is i didn't 
I, the counseling at the school was forced upon everybody in the school. And I'm looking at him going, not to be heartless or unsympathetic. I didn't know the, the, the kid. I never hung out with him. I didn't know how to, you know, what, why do I need to talk to, you know, somebody, a counselor or whatever in that kind of situation. I didn't know him. I didn't, didn't take any, you know, if, it's, if somebody did and they knew him and they need, they needed to talk to somebody, then they needed to talk to somebody. Yeah. That, that's what we want to try and portray. So uh, the lifeline number is 1-800-273-8255. And I don't know if there's any, um, I'll have to look up the local ones for, uh, where I'm at in Sonoma County. And then I don't know if there's anything local, if you want to uh, add for Colorado area. Actually, the, the national prevention hotline can put you in contact with your, with your local suicide prevention. Uh, they have that capability. They can, they can actually dispatch people to your house from that number to talk to you you know, welfare checks, whatever. Okay, awesome. I that's something I didn't know. That is going to be that's definitely information we need to know on that. So, uh, Mike, if I if I can, one more thing on that. Sure. If, if let's let's do a brother check. You know, okay. uh, uh, what they call in the military is a battle check. Reach out to your to your fathers that you know, your friends, your neighbors. You know, you don't have to invite them over for a beer or a cup of coffee, but chat with them over the fence. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, just, just check on them. Oh, no, I'm I not. We do, and I definitely take that, and I that's something I'll have to start doing. I, you know, I may not talk to, you know, like I said, the best man on of my wedding for six months, but I'm still checking on him, or we'll see him driving down 101, you know, the freeway and go, he'll call me up and going, thought that was you. <laughs> yeah. And that's all it is, is just a, just a, just a chat over the fence. Uh, uh, you know, you're out there mowing, he's out, either one of you out mowing your lawn and, and just say hi. Yeah. You know, another favorite saying of mine is, uh, you know, smile at everyone you see because you never know whose life you'll change with that smile. Yeah. And you know, one of the things you smile, I like to smile in my coworker. He's not, He's not, he is a little antisocial, uh, but he also looks at, you know, I, I'm the, I was raised, like, you say hi to a woman down the street, you just smile at him. Nowadays, his, his opinion, you smile at him, they're going to, you know, accuse you of, you know, oogling him. And I'm like, oh, for God's sakes. I, you know, I tolerate that without biting his head off. And I'm like, dude, you've had a bad experience. I haven't had the bad experience yet. But saying hi and smiling to a female or even a male doesn't mean I want to take you to bed. I yeah. just want to be nice and be friendly. Um, yeah, let's just let's just do a buddy check, you know, yes. uh, uh, a dad check. Yeah, you know, reach out to them, see how they're doing, invite them for a beer or a coffee or or whatever. Just check on them so we can we can keep fathers in the lives of the children and the wives that need them. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the things I'm a member of, that's what I was running out like chicken with my head cut off yesterday was uh, um, a member of a uh, fraternal organization out here called the, you know, the Druids. And again, people come like, so you hug trees every day. No jackass. <laughs> it's a fraternal organization. Um, and I take it in stride. It's no different than the Masons. You know, they're the, it's a fraternal organization that, you know, it gives men an outlet, which isn't out there anymore. The, the fraternal societies are dying off because they're, you know, again, social media, they have this, the, this, I don't know, the, was it skull and bones? I think at one of the uh, uh, Ivy league schools, which is kind of, they think it's cultish. I'm like, yep. it, 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 it's not a cult. It's men getting together, talking, having a drink or two getting away from reality for a little bit. That's all it is. Each one's got their own name. Give you a place to vent. Yes. Uh, we're not going to be judged with other men. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it just invited to a, a stonemasons meeting just before the pandemic hit. So I'm, yeah. I'm really interested in that. 
it, you know, it's one thing, you know, I was hesitant on with my organization and, and my kids are too, my uh, boys are too young. They have a limit of like age limit of 13, but my nephew is part of Malay, which I think is, you know, it's nationwide. I don't know if you have got any chapters out where you are, but it is a young boys organization. So Okay. He's a member of that, and I can't get my boys into it because they're too young, but I think when they reach 11 or 12, I'm like, where do I sign them up? <laughs> uh, because yeah, that's something that is died off. Yes, it costs a little bit of money, but, you know, if it's worth it to get them, you know, the kind of venting, as, as you put it, then you know what? It's a win-win. Get them out there. Let them talk to other people. If they don't feel comfortable talking to me, Great. You've got plenty. I got more uncles coming out my ears and I know what to do with. I'm like, you want to go talk to Uncle Mario, Uncle Juan, Uncle Jeff? Go for it. I I will put you in touch with them. Yeah. Um, you know, they're not my real brothers, but you know, you know, brothers aren't necessarily blood. They don't so have to be. They don't, yeah, you're right. They don't have to be. It's like, you know, I, I agree with you. The the you know, do a, a dad check or a father check, however you want to look at it. You know, let them know that we're out there and I will uh you know, you've inspired me to uh, get on Facebook to kind of go, hey, same thing you did. If you need a, somebody to talk to, give me a call. You know, unfortunately, you know, I may, you know, just send me a message and give me a little bit of time to kind of get back to you. You know, that's kind of, you know, we're all busy. You know, like yeah. you said, you took that phone call from, you know, Dublin, you know, from that guy. And I, I, I helped you. Have you uh, heard anything back on that or did he contact you afterwards or? Um, I've messaged with him a couple of times since then. Uh, he's doing better. He, he's still in a rough patch in his life, um, with his spouse. And it, that's a whole nother story involving stepchildren and autism and ADHD and teen, uh, well, not even autism, but, uh, 18 year old ADHD bipolar tendencies type thing. And it's, it's a very violent relationship. I have reached out to him. He's answered back. He's He's got some options. I found some options for him um, for help, and he's pursuing those actively first thing tomorrow morning. Good. I that's awesome. I'm uh, again. I'm glad you were able to help him out. I hope you keep in touch. And you know what? You have made a friend in Dublin. I mean that that's that's the minimal amount you can do. Whether you guys ever meet in real life, the minimal you could do is just you know you've made that contact, and that can be a lasting relationship. Oh, absolutely. So, and that's, that's what's important is they've got that outlet and they don't know, you know, they obviously to me, reach out to a medical professional at, at any given thing. That's what he's doing, you know, mm -hmm. and that's the way it should be. You know, you, you get that help and you get that motivation where you, it's kind of like a, uh, I, I don't want to really compare mental health to an alcohol anonymous, but that, that's the kind of, you're reaching out to a group of people to help you to, you know, help you out. Not that's what that's what needs to be done, and it it's just unfortunately the stigma behind mental health is not prevalent in the U.S. Uh, medical system. It's like uh, it just there's not enough. I, I remember working security mental health where we would get kids brought in, and I'm looking at this going, you're on a out here. I don't know what they refer to in uh, Colorado, but out here it's called a 5150 hold. So people come in under that kind of hold their held for 72 hours. But as security for the hospital I was working at, we would sit for hours, not if not days for a medical professional or a, a mental health professional to come talk to these people. Yeah. That's sad. You know, you, 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 oh, yeah. there's just no money in it. And, you know, and unfortunately our wonderful people in Congress can't seem to figure that out, but, um, <laughs> You can tell I don't like Congress. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Another uh, show. Um. <laughs> yeah. So on that note, I, you know, I think we, uh, I think this is good. I'm going to stop recording here and we can talk about next week's show. And then um, what I'll do, actually, we'll talk about that. I'm going to cancel the recording. So I'm going to uh, close this thing. So, so everybody, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, you know, give Jeremy a welcome. Uh, I will put his email um and his contact information, if any of the men that are listening to this want to reach out to him, I also put my number for the show in uh, that you can call me uh, and I'll be more than happy to help you out uh, to the best of my ability. Um, but, you know, 
let's keep on reaching out to each other, you know, keep in touch, making sure you guys are all right. You know, any time you want to vent, feel free to call. Jeremy, you got anything to add? Just Mike, thanks for having me. This is, uh, this is a way for me to reach out to fathers where I don't look creepy and I've got kind of a captive audience unless they want to hit stop. Yeah. So that's, that's true. Okay, so I'm going to end this recording as soon as I grab the right mouse. Stop. So as we discussed in the show today, this country is facing and has faced in the past years a large mental health problem. As I mentioned in the show, Congress doesn't seem to want to realize that or they just don't care. But we have a large amount of suicides in this country that we need to take care of. And part of Jeremy's passion, and I am going to follow suit, is we want to bring attention to this issue. And by doing that, we hopefully can help some people. So I'm going to provide the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, and that can be reached at 1-800-273-8255. If you're facing a serious mental health break, or somebody, member of your family sees that you're facing a mental health break, don't be afraid to ask for help. Reach out to myself, reach out to Jeremy, reach out to some other medical or mental health professional. We want you to stay around, especially for your kids. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to get in contact with either me or Jeremy, I can be reached at digitalagedescendents at gmail.com, or you can reach me at 707 385-9698 and Jeremy can be reached at 970-394-4224 or emailed at docsarjl that's d-o-c-s-a-r-j-l at gmail.com once again thanks for listening